Hello and welcome to today's episode of Business Meets Fitness with your host Lauren Tickner, that is me. So today I have a really exciting guest on with me. I'm just currently at a BeFit kind of weekend retreat camp thing, fitness thing and Claire was doing a talk here last night all about nutrition and metabolism and hormones and everything and honestly it was just so insightful and she just really connected with me and so after I went and spoke to her and I was like you know what I would love to have you on my new podcast and she was like yep okay let's do it so we did it just now this morning and literally I am editing this and posting it straight after I yeah straight after I recorded it so we speak all about stubborn fat and all about hormones and all of that stuff. So yeah, we speak about metabolism and what to do if you've got a broken metabolism. So I think this this is going to be really, really, really insightful for a lot of you. And I hope that everybody enjoys it. And if you do, please do remember to share it on your Instagram story or tweet it, tweet a screenshot, and then make sure to tag me at Lauren Fitness. And on Twitter, I am at Lauren underscore Tickner because whenever anybody shares a podcast episode, it just makes me so, so, so happy. And I always reply to you. So if you do that, please, please do tag me. And yeah, I would just absolutely love to see you guys sharing it and your comments and thoughts on it. And maybe just tell a friend about it if you think it might benefit their lives in any way because this podcast is new and it'd be awesome if we could just help spread these messages to as many people as possible to help educate them to lead a happy healthier and more positive lifestyle so i hope you guys enjoy this episode of the business meets fitness podcast welcome to today's episode class so um how are you do you want to kind of give us a little bit of a background on what you've done in the past where you've studied what what exactly it is that you do really yeah cool so thanks for having me so my name's claire and i um got into doing what i do now which is working with women with kind of hormonal issues I specialize in polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, but then I also do a lot of other work with just other kind of stubborn fat hormonal issues as well. And the reason I got into this was in my former life, I was, I say former life, I've many reincarnations. <laughs> You're a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my, in my earlier days, so when, from the time I was about 15 to... 25. I'm not that much older now. I'm only 30. So it's not like this is, um, I'm someone 60 talking about when they were 15. <laughs> um, but th- my, um, my life was, I was a runner and a triathlete. So I started off oh running gosh. and then um, for, for my home country of New Zealand. So I just wanted to make sure that was clear that I wasn't from the other Australia. Antipodean place. <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> so by, yeah, so I was running uh, internationally for them, I'd compete at you know world championships. So most years, I'd be coming over to Europe to race um, for a couple of months before world champs. And but the thing was that I always I was always heavier than a lot of my competitors, and I came under a lot of scrutiny for that. Mm. Even though I was national champion in New Zealand for ten years that whole time, um, still when it came to selection, there was a couple of times where. I distinctly remember it. It was um, so before we before we were selected for the world team, we'd have to go away to a camp, and we would have like a training camp, and then they'd select the team from there. And this was when I was about you know seventeen, eighteen, and so vulnerable, <laughs> so vulnerable. Um, and I was really um, I just won national championships like two weeks prior, and but I remember one of the selectors coming over to me, and he was like, "Oh, clear." you know, um, well done at nationals, but we were just really concerned about your condition. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you're just carrying a bit more weight than we'd like. And I was like, yeah, like, 
I understand that I'm not, I don't look like the other girls, but I'm still beating them. So what's the problem? And he was like, well, you know, in a weight dependent sport, weight is, you know, weight really does matter. Mm-hmm. And if you're carrying an extra couple of kilos, that's an extra few seconds at the finish line. Um, and we just think that, you know, we're a bit concerned that, you know, you might, and I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm training as much as I can. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know that. Like, we don't want you to train anymore, but maybe you need to look at what you're eating. And I was like, well, look, I'm just about to go study, like start my university mm-hmm. um, to study nutrition and exercise science. So I'm pretty like interested in this and clued up. So I don't, I, you know, I'm not going out and I'm not having midnight McDonald's, put it that way. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, um, so but he was like, look, I think it just wouldn't hurt for you to go and talk to a dietitian. And so um, I did that and I took a kind of my food diary and I was like, you know, tracking all my macros. I was really careful about everything that I did. And I took that to her and she was like, look, you know, you don't have to lie to me. Um, if this is truly what you're eating, then you would be losing weight. And I was mm. like, well, it truly is. And this is truly how much I'm exercising. And you can ask my coach about that because he's at every session. So what's going on? And she was like, well, you're just not telling the truth. And I was just so angry. Like, honestly, I came out of that meeting and I just like was so furious. Yeah, exactly. Because even if you did kind of have a doubt in your mind, oh, maybe I am like eating in the middle of the night without (laughs) knowing or something. Yeah, but if you had a feeling about that, but if you genuinely was being so honest and they were still saying that to you, it must just be so frustrating because obviously you as as a patient don't really know what to do next while you're you haven't finished your studies and stuff because there's always more to more to know you know that's right especially when it's your own body so what did you do after that because obviously you were getting criticized by these people who were selecting you for championships and stuff so obviously that damaged your mental health like massively I presume I mean yeah well it wasn't I was I mean I was lucky I think I was lucky what protected me was that I was good and yeah. so I was just like well like, I'm good so it doesn't you, really matter so you know yeah, like yeah. you can't actually not select me because I'm still actually the fastest in the country yeah so yeah. luckily but I actually but it did damage me in a way that I went on so I went on to study nutrition and um exercise science and I did my honors in eating disorders and female athletes okay because I was like I see how much pressure that is in weight dependent sports to not just to be that weight but to also look a certain way Mm. so Mm. it's that if you didn't fit that exact physique that real leanness physique yeah um then you felt you just you know you felt really self-conscious and that actually you weren't the right build or body for sure i have like a couple of my best friends they actually are really high level athletes and they've been told by their coaches that they're fat and Mm. like they're leaner than me you know Mm. it's mad and it's just yeah it makes me so sad because obviously these girls are being told that they're fat even when they're not but i mean that's a whole nother story like different to what we're talking about now but (laughs) but that is how i got into it that's how i became so passionate because then as i said i went on to study did my degree in nutrition and also an honors degree in exercise science and so that I think what is what fueled that I was like I was really interested in those areas because obviously being an athlete you know I was really in tune my body but Mm. I think that that's probably what drove it but I became more frustrated because coming out of that all um, we'd learn in that whole like five years of studying was that weight was still just calories in calories out and I was like Look, I am a classic example here devo- defying that. There's something else going on here. Yeah, and yeah. so then I went on to, like later, the last few years, I went on to study functional medicine. Now, functional medicine is 
all about so if you think about our modern like kind of medical world and um, when we go and see the GP what they do is they treat acute illness and make sure we don't die mm. and then treat symptoms to kind mm. of help with the symptoms okay yes. but, <laughs> but they're not it's our medical system's not set up to treat kind of like chronic illness things like um, obesity and type 2 diabetes and um, polycystic ovarian syndrome which is really linked in with insulin resistance yeah. and that is you know so there's a huge g- gaping hole there for anyone that doesn't fit into that if you've got irritable bowel syndrome if you've got chronic fatigue syndrome um, adrenal fatigue and I say that in inverted commas because it's um, not quite the right term to use for that mm. but we won't get into that right now but um, anything like that they're just not set up to do they don't really have anything we're kind of told what it is and then get, get sent away to sort tablets of, <laughs> that's right to kind yeah. of manage the symptoms so that's when I that was what what functional medicine is and, and through that I learned that there's this whole hormonal system that controls weight that we don't really know about and actually that can override the calorie equation if our body and our like is not in balance mm, mm, yeah and I think that's so interesting I mean I think that is I know before we started this podcast Claire and I were talking about kind of the stubborn fat that a lot of women well and men actually tend to see but I, I guess it's primarily women would you yeah. say around their stomachs primarily and I know you spoke about it last night and I put some of that in my YouTube video which I probably haven't uploaded by the time this podcast goes up but anyway that's confusing um so I mean maybe if you would you be able to kind of delve into the whole stubborn fat thing what to do mm. um obviously it's needs to be done on a case-by-case basis but yeah what to do for stubborn fat what it potentially is and why it's happening for some of these people who are yes it may be in a calorie deficit have been for a long time and maybe are doing a lot of exercise to try and get rid of it but it's just still not coming off yeah so I see a lot of my patients like this and this is something that you know we always fall on trap and I did too it's like when we get into a say a 500 calorie deficit Mm. and that doesn't work then we're like okay so what next and we like then increase you know instead of doing one hit class we do three back-to-back hit classes (laughs) and we then you know we don't just eat 1600 calories we eat 1200 calories yeah massive cuts (laughs) yeah so but I think the thing is that while the calorie equation is still we've still got to respect that like you can't think okay I'm going to go and eat 3000 calories and not you know, and then be able to lose weight. Yeah. Um, I wish. Exactly. <laughs> All of the peanut butter. But... Oh my gosh, no. I'm, I'm not a peanut butter girl. Are you? No, oh. I'm like the only fitness person ever to not be. <laughs> Going to get so many haters. <laughs> it's good. Um, so there is, um, yeah, so while we still have to respect that, the thing that we need to understand is that there's this whole hormonal system that, that can override that. So if you think about um, it like, you when you know with our breathing our breathing is an automatic thing right we don't have to think about it but we can then override that by holding our breath and you know stopping ourselves from breathing but eventually the body will go no you're putting yourself at risk I'm going to make you faint and then I'm going to kick that mm-hmm. like back in so it basically shuts off our our um the response that we're that we're having like our, our own self-control so that it can kick back it's an automatic response because mm. the body knows best right it's like yeah. No, I, my job is to keep you alive and you're doing something to harm that, so I'm going to make sure you don't do that. The same thing works with weight. So body weight is actually an essential function of the body. So when we were, you know, we are still wired to be 
like our Paleolithic ancestors who were kind of roaming the Sahara because we were, you know, we were hunter gatherers for 90% of our, like, of, you know, of our evolution. So in the last, like, 200 years of where the industrial revolutions happened is nothing compared to that, you know, that's like 1% on the scheme of things. So our genome, our DNA hasn't caught up with the fact that we're not going through things like famines. Yeah. And so our body is still wired to think that anything um, that we, we might be putting our body at risk is potentially a famine, and yeah. therefore its response is, no, hold on to that body weight because this looks like we're going through a famine. Yeah, I always say this to, um, like, on my thickness tips that I do that I was telling you about. Oh, yeah. So I say, like, um, your body doesn't know that you just want abs. Your body yeah. thinks that it's literally in a famine and it's about to die. Like, it thinks that... The going through the process of getting up and getting that lean, potentially for a competition prep or something, is a famine, you know? Because yeah. that's it's just the exact same thing, really. Like you are starving yourself, even though it's not in a in a way that you may see deem it to be. Like yeah. any calorie deficit is a potential form of yeah, exactly, that's exactly. Right. But it's not even just a calorie deficit; it can be anything that the body detects as a stress. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so while so you know what might happen is that while we can manipulate calories that's kind of like holding your breath right mm, you're mm. overriding that I mechanism like that. yeah but it's but eventually the body will then if it deems that you're in a threat it'll kick in and it will override that so the way that it can do that is via hormones mm. and so our main hormones that our main hormone that actually controls weight is um is your thyroid hormones your thyroid is your chief controller of metabolism and you have thyroid hormone receptors on every cell in your body it's incredibly important so what your body will do is that it will say okay this isn't quite right i think i'm going into a famine um so i'm going to actually tell the thyroid to stop producing hormone and it's going to th- slow the metabolism right down and it's going to like lower body temperature it's going to do all of that so that we can stay hold of this body fat so what your body also doesn't necessarily know is, and what can get mixed up in 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 our days is that this is this is not for people that are like that want to lose the last kind mm. of like you know three or four kilos. This is this is more for, for people that are overweight and are trying yeah. to kind of lose weight. And when they do that, the body then so the, our body we sort of now know it really wants to it, it loses sense of what is its normal body fat set point. And if you've been overweight for a while, it can take on that new higher body fat as yeah. like the new set point and it will try and defend that set point with its life yeah so, because in case anyone doesn't know kind of what happens is your body will get this set point and your body kind of re- wants to remain at homeostasis yeah. like it doesn't want to go above the set point and it doesn't want to go below the set point it just it just wants to stay you know at the set point <laughs> yeah that's right and yeah so that's why it, you know like why losing that often people find that they even when they successfully lose it yeah um they'll then put it back on within a few months and this um, is more <laughs> yeah yeah but it's Sometimes. not necessarily because they are then going back to like you know like the media will tell you of like a lot of people will tell you that that's because you you know you're now eating like twice as much but a lot of people know that that's not true they'll yeah. just basically get to a point where they stop losing weight and then it will kind of like start to come back on mm, again mm. um and that is again sometimes the body's way of kind of trying to defend that set point yeah and i think especially if if it happens fast because um yes. people aren't picking up kind of the i like to call it healthy habits that exactly. help you stay kind of at a leaner body shape um so yeah i mean the whole t-tox thing right? oh my god no if we, <laughs> we were talking about this uh, last night we can't get into this discussion if but we that's start the kind talking of about t-toxes <laughs> i will probably <laughs> 
I would just talk for hours. And <laughs> but that kind of those same same things, like those like those fast weight loss things. Yeah, yeah. That is, um, you know, that's what they, that's what happens. Is that yes, you might like lose stuff, and a lot of that is through dehydration or um, because they're kind of laxatives or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, you, you will you will lose that, and then it, the body will d- defend that, and it will come it will come back on. But yeah. that's another kind of another point. But the the as I was saying before, the um, the thyroid is something that slows the um, the body down, but it's not necessarily just that. So one of the the main one that I see in especially in women is actually um, cortisol or high stress high stress hormone. And so you've got your cortisol. So you've got two stress hormones. One's adrenaline. That's your like fast acting fright mm. and flight when you like step out in front of the in the road it's and like get anxiety. never get hit by a bus. It's yeah. that one that you feel that's like oh my god like. So like when you're like, having, holy shit, I almost got hit by that. Yeah, bus. and like, I mean, I, I suffer from anxiety, and like, so when you have a panic attack, that's just like an overload of adrenaline, really. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's right. So it's that kind of feeling that you get, but, um, but a lot of people don't know that adrenaline's got a long-acting cousin called cortisol, and produced by same thing by your adrenal glands, and its job is to um, basically keep you alive when the threat is longer than say a couple of seconds. So if it's say longer than it, like your seconds to with your, when your adrenaline kicks in, your body detect, detects that actually okay, this is a long term threat, and therefore its job is to keep you alive. So and again going back to our like evolutionary days, those long term threats would have been something physical to our life. So whether it was a tribal warfare or whether it was um, like being hunted or preyed on by um, by animals, or generally the other threat was um, a famine, and so. It doesn't, but in our kind of now modern days, it's a psychological, you know, threat. Oh yeah. But that didn't exist back in you know days. The only psychological threat would be, you know, we think that we're being hunted or something mm, like that. Yeah, so it yeah. was definitely a threat Running to your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it so our body hasn't evolved to understand that there's that this is not a threat to our yeah. life. We have and so much more complex minds now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or just complex worlds in yeah, terms of that, you exactly. know, like complex jobs and demands on yeah, our body yeah. and. And stimulus, you know, so mm. much stimulus. Oh gosh, yeah. So that our, like our body just, it does get overload. And even like overtraining. So overtraining or a gut health issue can all be a stressor on the body. Mm. Mm. And um, and similarly, so what our body, the way our body responds is that, first of all, it responds by going, okay, well, I detect that this we might be going into a famine because otherwise your cortisol wouldn't be raised for this long. So therefore, I'm going to try and hold on to every like morsel of fat that I can. Mm. And so it that's kind of one of the responses of cortisol is that you like you yeah. gain weight. Yeah. Um and I've got a really good example of a patient like this where so one other thing that can raise cortisol is coffee. And some people are so you you're actually genetically either a hyper responder to coffee. So we show this, you can do a test called twenty three and me, which is your genetic profile, and it will okay. show you what's um what responder you are, but you can be a hyper responder, a normal responder, or a um, just non responder to coffee. So this is like a hyper responder is me, where I get shaky and nauseous when I have coffee, mm-hmm. even one coffee. A normal responder would be someone who can have one coffee early in the morning, it just makes them a little bit more sharp, but then like that's about all they can handle. Which is nice. And there's a, there's a non-responder, which is someone who can have coffee at 10 p.m. at night and still be able to sleep. Okay, Christ. we all know those people. But <laughs> yeah. um, so you um, so for for someone who's like me, like a hyper responder or a normal responder, um, caffeine can actually trigger that cortisol response. 
So especially if you're doing what I was doing, which was getting up, going, you know, like training in the morning, um, going straight to like work or lectures, mm-hmm, um, yeah. then, um, you know, having a, having like three coffees to get me through the morning because I'd been up since like six, uh, 5.30 doing my training. Yeah. And then going and Sunday. doing like an afternoon session as well. Oh so, um, or even just, you know, like too much kind of that high intensity aerobic stuff um, can raise cortisol if you're not getting enough recovery and, and rest so that's that's what can that's what can happen and one of my, I had a patient a couple of years ago who was um she'd always kind of been the same weight all her life and suddenly she started to put on like four kilos in a couple of months and she was like what's going on here mm-hmm. she thought it was something hormonal and um she was like I haven't changed what I eat I haven't changed what I exercise nothing about my like diet has changed or you know, routine has changed and so I was like, okay, well, what else has changed in your life in the last two months? And she's like, well, I've changed jobs. I was like, okay, what does that mean? Is that like more stress for you? And she was like, no, it's actually less stress. It's quite it's a great job actually. I'm out with clients all the time. It's just you know. And I was like, okay, so does that? What does that entail? She's like, well, we're I go out and we have, kind of have coffee meetings and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, so how many coffees are you having? And she was like, well, that's actually probably the one thing that has changed. I used to only have one coffee first thing in the morning, um, worth worth like breakfast or before breakfast but now because I'm doing these coffee meetings I might have two or three and I was like okay well I think that's it and she was like no it can't be because I'm only having black coffee there's no more calories there's not like it's not and I was like I was like just give it a go I was like Mm. just in those other meetings just drink decaf or drink like a herbal tea and she was like okay well I don't really believe you but righto so she went away and she did that and sure enough in like the next two months she'd lost that's that so years. interesting I find that's like incredibly interesting I mean it's kind of different for me because I think for me it's more anxiety like when I have I started having kind of one coffee a day a few weeks ago literally just black coffee and it was nothing to do with body weight or anything but it was just like anxiety levels then I upped it to two coffees a day and I was like uh, getting a bit jittery and like, cause I hadn't really suffered from panic attacks for about four years properly. And then um, I had a, th- a third coffee the other day. I was I was absolutely knackered and I was like, oh, come on, I need this caffeine. Like I was like psychologically, cause I'd, I personally don't really find caffeine wakes me up. I just find yeah. like it's a psychological thing. Like everything is so psychological with caffeine for mm. me. And then I had the third one and I, I had a sip and I was like, oh my God, <gasps> I can't yeah. breathe. I was like starting to have a panic attack. Mm. And it's just crazy how much of an effect it can have. Like, because I don't know, is, is that because of the increased like adrenaline that I'm having in my yeah. body, well, would you say? Because of yeah, the stress? Yeah, stimulus. So it's yeah. stimulating your adrenal glands to produce more stressful hormones. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. And I mean, because then, because I kind of know about it as well, like it stresses me out more. And then I'm like, no, my body's producing more adrenaline. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I just chucked it down the drain got peppermint tea instead (laughs) but yeah okay so um kind of related to this then so when you say about kind of the increased cortisol increased adrenaline um the thyroid hormone and all that um obviously this isn't going to be for everybody like not everyone's gonna not be able to lose this stubborn fat because of these issues Mm. um and I think what do you think about that like I I, definitely I think yeah it depends on like your genetic makeup individual profile what you're doing in terms of your um like your bot your normal body fat set point or what your body's trying to defend um and also just your life so Mm. if you're 
um, if you've if you've got a real like if you're not stressed in any kind of other part of your life if it's um, if you're not a hyper responder to caffeine it's yeah. all really individual for sure this won't this won't affect but it's more for someone who is already and this is what I'm talking to I'm talking to those who are already in a calorie deficit and they really are they're not like binging on the weekend or right. kind of secret eating like I think oftentimes like and I am for sure a victim of this and I, I I'm happy to kind of tell people because I think like it helps people but like I've had issues with binging eat binge eating in the past but like now I mean this is like a while in the past now but mm. I mean now I, I just because I track my macros but like sometimes I'll just be like there's some brownies sat right in here in front of us <laughs> and I'll just like have a little nibble and I'll just be like oh I don't need to track that into my macros I'll have like a handful of cereal be like oh I don't need to track that like have a nibble of someone else's protein bar and it's like well actually if I kind of was to accumulate all these calories like throughout the day that's probably around 200 calories that I'm eating is in an excess and if I were to be in a calorie deficit right now which I'm not but if I was like that could be taking me up to maintenance you know yeah like if my uh if my activity levels that day were pretty low so I mean yeah, yeah I think it's like it's really important to make sure if you are someone who thinks you are uh, struggling with all the stubborn fat, you are definitely tracking accurately like you mm. were back when you were, like a few years ago when yeah. they were telling you that you weren't, but you actually were. So yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, that's the people that you're speaking out to right now. Yeah, and it's just more the, the, the way forward is not to then is keep, yeah, keep the calories. reducing calories because it will just put so much stress on your body or to do more... Especially more kind of like high intensity like aerobic exercise, mm, mm. Um, because again that can then raise your like cortisol levels. The way forward is, as you said, doing more activity. So it's not actually like working out. Yeah. It's more that low intensity walking, Neat. standing, like yeah. No, I, I I educate them about stuff awesome. like this. Yeah, we love science on my channel. <laughs> so like for anyone who doesn't know, knee is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it's like things kinda like walking around, like cleaning your house. Yeah. I don't know, got just chat, just chatting, like waving your hands a bit and just like I don't know, things that you don't really consider as exercise, but it's just like movement. Yeah. General movement and stuff. Even things like standing at work. So instead of having a sitting yeah. desk, standing. There's some really interesting you, studies on the is. difference between like a standing desk and a sitting desk. So I actually have one at my old work. Yeah. Um, but you do fine by lunchtime. You're absolutely knackered and you just need that sit down. But yeah. sometimes you just got to power through it. You have to build up to it, but it's so, yeah. it is yeah. so good. And um, awesome. So I think like just really quickly, because I, I'm bearing in mind you are keen to for some crazy reason you mad woman to go to a hit class but um <laughs> so i mean i do get a lot of questions about a broken metabolism mm -hmm. now my awareness is that this is kind of metabolic adaptation kind of down uh but then obviously we have spoken about all the hormone things so is that what you would say kind of is the issue with the metabolism there yeah so the reason why you're, so as I was saying before, your thyroid is actually what controls your metabolism. Yeah. And its response is because, I mean, yes, you could have like a, a low functioning thyroid, which is a whole different thing. Or Hashimoto's thyroiditis, again, is a okay. whole different kettle of fish. But it could be that your body is just detecting there's a stress going on elsewhere. And it's telling, it's detailing the thyroid to actually slow down metabolism. So okay. that's the brain's response, your hypothalamus, to then tell your thyroid, actually, I think we're under a stress response here. Yeah. Stop. We need you to like actually conserve body fat. We need you to like to reduce, um, you know, like 
um, temperature so we're not expending as much thermo energy and yeah. stuff like and that. And so what, less movement and less... Well, it doesn't necessarily make you less movement, but it will make okay. you more hungry um, relatively. So it, its, role is, okay. its role is to get you to seek out food, find more pleasurable foods. So it yeah. is actually driving your hunger okay. and it will hold on to fat. So, That's but, interesting. But, your thyroid, but you've got to realise that it's not just that you have, say, like a slow thyroid. There's something that's... There's a reason why that thyroid slowed down, right? Yeah, yeah. So for a lot of women, that can be that you have, um, you know, really high stress hormones, doing too much, doing too much exercise, not eating enough. Um, but it can also be due to um, inflammation or chronic stress, so that you're, you know, you're eating food that you don't know that you're intolerant to, or mm. there's a gut health issue. And I think that it's probably it was so interesting sitting in our room last night at this at um, the. The BeFit retreat and every single person in that room, every single woman had some gut health issue. Yeah. So it was bloating and gas and... Um, IBD. <laughs> IBD, exactly. Every IBS. single woman in that room. Like, yeah, and it's, it's incredible crazy, that it? it is so common, especially in, and we don't know why this is in women. But um, I think the other thing too is that, you know, women's bodies are so different and we've got to recognise that. And... You know, because like essentially, we have to bring children into the world, which is an incredible function, mm. and so we have this really complex hormonal system to you know to be able to do that. But that can sometimes work against us, and especially in our kind of modern environment, which we've got all these additional stresses, and we've got all the additional social pressures on ourselves mm. as well. But also, um, as I said, you know, we're you know we we haven't we might have developed like a intestinal permeability or leaky gut, which is then leading to chronic inflammation in the body and um and things like insulin resistance as well so if especially if you if you're gaining it around the tummy it can be um and again this is not just probably the extra like little like bit of fat that's stopping you from leanness this is kind mm. of more where you're like you're developing more of an apple shape rather okay. than like the f- typical female shape which is like a pear so mm-hmm. t- typically females because of estrogen we're supposed to put weight around our like bum and thighs like great booty um (laughs) a great booty hormone but unfortunately so due to insulin which is your storage hormones insulin's role is when you eat you talk about insulin on the on the podcast at all um i'm actually doing a podcast in a couple weeks with phil graham Uh, do you know him yeah because he's like uh he's got diabetes and Mm. he's like all about insulin so we're going to be talking about in depth about insulin and sugar and all that on that one but I haven't really spoken about it massively in depth before um so I mean if you want to dive into it real fast yeah we can so insulin as I said is a storage hormone so its role was when you eat the your brain tells your pancreas like right there's glucose in the blood like pancreas secretes some insulin and insulin's like the keeper of the key to the cell doors it'll go to the cell door and unlock it and then uh the glucose will flow in but what happens in insulin resistance, and this can be driven by like low-grade inflammation in the body or your, you know, your immune system being chronically activated, is that the lock will kind of become a bit clogged up and the key won't be able to fit very well. And so insulin will be kind of there wiggling the lock. And, um, and then, but your body cannot have um, like glucose in the blood for too long. It's too toxic to it. So it'll start to get a bit panicky. So it'll then be like, right, send more insulin there. Um, hopefully someone's got a key that fits. Or you can just kind of barge the door down. That's kind of its its response. <laughs> in the meantime, though, the body's like, right, well, I'm going to have to do something with this glucose until you sort the door out insulin. So it then sends it away to the liver or to be stored as fat. And so this is kind of why if you've got a little bit of insulin resistance, 
And this is, so insulin resistance is pre-type 2 diabetes. But it's like, uh, so type 2 diabetes is not like, you don't, you don't catch it like you would catch a stomach bug. It develops over time, right? So it starts with really like just a little bit of like kind of inflammation and, and chronic and that insulin resistance and then it gets worse and worse and worse. So if you imagine it that like it starts off that just the doors, the locks a bit jammed up and then, and then actually it's like the whole, you know, the whole locks really gets clogged up and then eventually they're just having to barge the door down and then eventually the whole like door jam gets closed up and then eventually your pancreas has been secreting so much insulin for so long that eventually it just fails and it can no longer produce any insulin and that's when you have type 2 diabetes where they need actually insulin injections so um, a lot of people you know we've been led to believe that type 2 diabetes is only a like a disease of the fat and lazy so if you're not doing enough exercise and you're eating too much but I actually got um, diagnosed with very severe insulin resistance one point off type 2 diabetes after just before my last world championships and so I was eating a really low fat diet I was eating um I was eating um, and obviously training a lot. So it shows that it's not just about what we eat, but also mm-hmm. like our stress, our gut health, like chronic inflammation. So, and for me that was linked. So I had not only insulin resistance, but then that led to polycystic ovarian syndrome. So, but we can, the good thing about those is if we can figure out what those things are, then we can actually reverse that. And so polycystic ovarian syndrome is incredibly common. And as I said, this is what I specialize in now. It's like, one in 10 women, so one in 10 of your listeners will have PCOS, and which is, and most people wouldn't know this because they'll just be fighting this kind of stubborn fat mm. and not really understand that it's actually more of a hormonal thing. And, yeah. you know, so this is for anyone that's got also irregular periods, maybe some acne, maybe some like hair growth where they yeah. wouldn't expect And also it. you don't even have to have these no. symptoms to have it. Like, yeah. You don't, you don't. Generally, I would say you need to have um, kind of irregular periods. Yeah. That's it. Like, but again, it's not always the case. But if you think that like anything might be up with your body or whatever, it pays to go and get some hormone like yeah, testing for done. Sure. Yeah, I think it would be really interesting to do a podcast again in the future about mm. about that, like in a lot more depth when we we can have like a proper Skype chat in a little bit more time because I know you're keen to get to your hair class. So um, yeah, it's been great having you on. And I mean, is there anything else that you kind of want to say if you were to say kind of one thing to get people to do? What would you tell them to do? So I would say if you're already in calorie deficit and you know and you're actually, as you said, you're not just kind of like, oh, I won't, I won't, you know, track, track this little down. nibble, yeah. this little nibble of this Reese's you're, peanut butter cup. You're looking at that little nibble out of my brain. Oh my god, <laughs> that is me. <laughs> won't track that. Uh, so if you, if you like, so if you are doing that and you, um, and you, so you know that you're in a calorie deficit and there's something else that it's you're still not losing weight then there is something else going wrong. Don't just continue to decrease calories and increase increase exercise. I mean, yes, you can increase like that neat, like the non-thermogenic, um, you know, anyway. Not exercise, activity <laughs> thermogenesis. So <laughs> if you are like, you can increase that. Like, so walking and standing and stuff is all really good, but mm. don't go and do like three back-to-back hit classes. It's not going to do you any favors. Yeah, yeah. Um, go and get some like work with someone like myself who's a like functional practitioner. Nah, yeah. go for it. No, no, no. It's just or work with someone that 
you can get some proper kind of hormone yeah, testing done. I think it's so important because, like, I have tried with the NHS because, like, for my gut and for some other stuff, like, just I've tried with them for so long and it's just the most frustrating thing. Like, it's, I, ha- I had a appointment with a, um, a gastroenterologist. Mm. It was scheduled for, like, November. They've now cancelled it and moved it to January. Oh, my God. Like, what? Are they for real? Like, right now, what even month is it? September? Yeah, what? <laughs> How mad is that? So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet because I think, like, investing in your health is just something that's going to always last for, you know, it's your health. Like, right. you know, you can buy a frigging Prada bag, but realistically, well, your health... Th- yeah, it's even <laughs> things like you could pay, like... So you might pay £150 or something for some, like, testing, but you might pay that in... Um, in supplements easily that yeah, you don't know really are right true. for you or that you're not actually getting the right dosing or the right amount or the right that kind is so or true. so yeah. you know and we would like we probably would, wouldn't hesitate to spend that money on yeah. like, supplements or protein powders or whatever but if it's actually not that if it's actually something else then we're probably wasting our money yeah yeah no that's really really true so where can people find you if they want to if they want more so I am just the PCOS nutritionist.com yep. so I'm pretty easy I'm on the gram at Claire underscore PCOS nutritionist. And I'll tag you in a post so people can find you uh, as well. Yeah, nutritionist is a little bit hard to spell, so it's <laughs> like, no, it's funny. I'm sure. um, yeah, and so, but through my website, you'll find like my like Instagram and Facebook is probably mostly where I hang out. Okay, awesome. Um, so yeah. Do you have a podcast? Or I do. Like, so yeah, it's I thought going so. To be, I thought yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. So we're just releasing that in the next month, awesome. um, which is going to be called, so it's called the PCOS cast. So Amazing. it's like purely for women with PCOS, so it's pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, and we interview, like, so I talk about a lot about the science behind what's going on in your body because Incredible. we can actually reverse PCOS. So I have reversed my own PCOS. So I've been officially undiagnosed now mm. with PCOS. Um, and a lot of women don't know that. They don't know that this is, uh, like, that, that you can do that if you figure out what's kind of what are the root causes you can then reverse engineer those and actually get your body back into yeah. balance and stop overproducing hormones so that's mm. what the, the cast that's what the podcast is all about is helping women not just to manage their symptoms but we just want we want to kick pcos we want to actually reverse this because it is possible and you know what telling gynecologists and stuff that it is because i think oftentimes even they will tell you that it's not possible it's just mad so i mean yeah yeah hopefully they'll be listening to that as well yeah i think the message gets a bit confused because everywhere it says there's no cure for PCOS and that's Mm. true because a cure is something that you can never get back again yeah but reversing is when you can actually so I'm not cured because if I go back to living the way I was before and over training and under eating and eating a lot of like gels and sports drinks to fuel my training yeah I'll definitely develop insulin resistance and PCOS again but um so I've got to kind of manage that so I'm not cured but I don't have PCOS at the moment so yeah, I'm no, like, I awesome. have reversed it. Exactly. No, it's been awesome talking to you. And um, I hope everyone has enjoyed this. And yeah, I will see you in the next one. And thank you so much. And I hope everybody goes to and follows you now and listens to your podcast in the future. Maybe not guys, but especially <laughs> girls. <laughs> Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I'll see you in the next one, guys.